Hi, I'm Mike Dilk and you're listening to the Relax Bank UK show. The show that explores all kinds of health topics relevant to you, your family and your friends. Each week I talk to expert guests from a range of backgrounds to inform and entertain you. So please do join the Relax Bank UK family and stay tuned. Hi and thank you for joining me on the Relax Bank UK show. You are part of the 1.3 million monthly listener UK health radio family. So a big welcome to you. My guest this week, I came across from his social media videos where he takes food packages down from supermarket shelves and goes through the contents list, which I have to say can be pretty alarming. Big food marketers are very good at making their products sound better than they are. But then at the same time, more often than not, right, we're rushing, we're busy, we're running through the supermarket and we're just picking stuff up we know. You know, it is incredibly time consuming to read every label of everything you pick up off the shelf. He is son of on Kampen and he spends a lot of time reading the contents labels of food packaging. So please do stay tuned for a very eye-opening show. So my first question to Sana was just what led to me seeing him on videos reading through the contents of food packaging in the supermarket aisles. Uh, it's, it's actually a long story behind how I got there and was doing it um, and why we took a slightly different approach to health, right? Because for years, and I genuinely mean years, I've been trying to get my dad to be healthier um you know we all love our parents and we want them to live long but he was incredibly stubborn and he you know he was putting still two teaspoons of sugar in his tea every day and had three four cups and you know he drinks glasses of wine every night and bags of crisps at the weekend and um you know i knew it was a problem for his health and i wanted to do something about it and you know it didn't matter how much i you know told him or showed him the science or Try to explain things to him it wouldn't get behavior change it just wouldn't and so i you know being persistent and creative <laughs> kept trying to find new ways so um you know for the first bit of success i had was for his birthday i bought him a subscription box to a brand in the uk called cheesies which is um like air dried cheese crisps um as an alternative to his, his bags of crisps on the weekend. So he was kind of forced into it because they were coming uh, on a monthly basis on a subscription. Um, but then as he realized, oh, well, it still gives me the same crunch. It still gives me the same pleasurable moment on a weekend. I'll, I'll happily swap these out for the, for the standard bag of kettle crisps he would buy. Um, and it, I was like, oh, okay. So he can do swaps. He can do simple little changes that don't ruin that moment of pleasure and you know with the amount he ate like it will make a big impact on his health and then um you know the sugar was a slow process about kind of changing taste buds and kind of educating on that but then the other one was wine where i couldn't get him to stop drinking wine but i could get him to swap his malbec and shiraz for pinot noir and what that does is it can reduce the sugar content by up to about 50% per glass. So whilst really? there's not a lot of, yeah, yeah. The so way what? they, um, it's the way they ferment it. Essentially, the longer you ferment it, the lighter the wine gets and the fermentation 
eats up more of the sugar in the okay. wine. So I didn't know that. What, yeah, it's it's a really interesting. I, wine. I drink like, quite a lot of wine, probably too much. So this is uh, useful info. <laughs> there, there you go, and it, it's not one of those things that like what there's not tons of sugar in in red wine. There can be two grams in a glass. So we're not talking massive. It's about half a teaspoon. But if you're someone who is having a couple of glasses every night over a decade, right, it adds up and the compound effect is quite important. Um, so managed to kind of make those changes and really saw the health impacts for my dad um, and then realized, you know, we, we're a health brand. Um, I want genuinely, why I'm in it is I want people to genuinely be healthier and do things right for their body so we just started trying to like showcase some of these swaps um in really easy ways for people and yeah it just seems to take off because um you know people people want to be healthier everyone has an assumption that they could be a little bit healthier or a thought that they'd like to be a bit healthier have a bit more energy feel a bit better yeah. but often people don't have the time commitment to count calories you know, go on the latest fad diet or whatever. It's just too much work and too complicated for our busy lives. So I wanted to make it, you know, really simple and break it down. Right. So that's where these videos came from. Did you ever get slung out of a supermarket? Did you ever get in trouble? Because I'm I'm looking at these thinking <clears throat> this bloke's going to get in trouble. Uh, to be honest, it, it depends on the store. So um, there have, have been occasions where they've said uh, you need to get out of here. Um, but you know, more often than not, they're absolutely fine. We often actually help customers because it's got to the point where, I mean, in the last 10 months, we've done over 70 million views on our, on our videos. So it's got to the point where I'll, quite often I get recognized in the supermarkets now. And, um, as a result, you know, there's customers going, oh, you're that guy from TikTok and, you know, can you tell me what to buy and, and we'll help people out and we'll try and be nice and courteous and do what we can while we're in store so yeah more often than not it's absolutely fine oh, okay so something that came out of it that i i really because I, I don't really read food labels and i thought maybe i need to start reading food labels so i started to look at them and i thought hang on a moment this is like i i just don't under it seems all kind of unintelligible so i mean do people generally understand food labels uh i don't think so well, and I, do you know what? I think they can be overly complicated. They can be very confusing with, you know, mixed messages of marketing, right? If you look at the front of the pack, it says it's healthy and it's this much fiber a day. But if you look at the back of the pack in detail, it's a highly processed thing with, you know, 35 ingredients and a ton of sugar that you don't need. So, you know, it's a combination to think of, A, you know, big food marketers, are very good at making their products sound better than they are but then at the same time more often than not right we're rushing we're busy we're running through the supermarket and we're just picking stuff up we know you know it is incredibly time consuming to read every label of everything you pick up off the shelf right i spend a disproportionate amount of my life in the supermarket as a result <laughs> so the, you know you, you said it some of these labels they're kind of misleading and um, misleading on purpose. You know, that's that's my experience when I have looked at these things. Uh, well, absolutely. I mean, I've seen things like, and even from healthy, healthier brands, right, where 
you know, arguably I'm a fan of coconut water. I think it's probably a great alternative to something like LucasAid if you're looking for extra electrolytes to hydrate around sport, right? Because it's actually real um, and it's natural and it's minimally processed. Um, so I think coconut water is great. So I'll caveat it that way. But then there was a leading coconut water brand during the pandemic, uh, you know, say putting on all their communications a great source of vitamin C. And it just wasn't. There was about 40 milligrams of vitamin C in there. And I'd probably have to, I can't remember what the exact maths was, but I would have to drink somewhere in the region of, you know, five to six liters of coconut water a day to have any kind of impact on my immune health with the level of vitamin C in there. But they could say it because there was a little bit amount. So they did say it when actually they didn't really bother to look into was it even an effective dose? And actually, if I drank five liters of coconut water a day, how much extra sugar would I be getting? Because there is still sugar in mm -hmm. coconut water. Um, and would the immunosuppressant negative effects of that sugar outweigh the benefits of that small amount of vitamin C, most likely? So, you know, they don't really go into the depths. And uh, that's, you know, where I try and help people understand not not to mention how much money you'd be spending on this stuff well exactly right you can yeah. just also go and buy a bit and see well what about some other other sort of uh simple ruses maybe ruses that uh manufacturers might do so like on the front of some package you see made with whole grains so i see that and i think yeah that's got to be a good thing but you turn it round, and it can be a different story I mean, it's cereal, as an example, given you've gone on to whole grains, you know, is one of the biggest cons in the supermarket, I believe, because, you know, a, a carb and sugar loaded breakfast does not sustain you. you. You wonder why we're all reaching for a coffee at 10.30 a.m. Well, it's because we more often than not, we eat a full breakfast that is, gives us a real sugar spike and a crash so by 10 30 we're having that slump and we need a pick me up um whereas actually if we ate a good nourishing breakfast full of good fats and protein you'd be fuller for longer you'd have much more stable insulin and you wouldn't get that mid-morning slump um so whole grains is just you know it doesn't really mean anything other than there's potentially maybe some minutiae of extra vitamins in there because you know the whole grain is better and it has a bit more fiber in but really everybody who puts whole grain on their packaging more often than not is full of sugar um they haven't actually got anything really good to claim so they're clutching at straws when they're when they're using whole grain but you know people are like oh great it's whole grain it's healthier but it's you know all that yeah. all those highly processed grains are not good for us i've, I've got i had a Bonkers sort the other day. I I, I did um a, a month where I was really trying to keep calories down and just as an experiment really. And I ended up I had an app on my phone and I could point it at the um the label at the little um what's it called the little thing you can read barcode. the barcode. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. And then it would come up and it would tell you what it was and how many calories were in it. Were in it. And I found that quite useful. And I, and I thought, hang on a moment. I wonder if you can go another step and so that you can use the barcode and get some really good, sensible 
information on what's in it, not just the, the calories, but, you know, the amount of fat and salt and, and this kind of stuff, the stuff you really need to know. Now, you're nodding your head. Does such a thing like that actually exist or is that wishful thinking? No, no, it does. There's um, a few apps that do it. Um, I can't remember all their names, but there's one called Yuka, Y-U-K-A, um, which tries to do a similar thing and, you know, showcase what's good and bad about a product by just simply scanning the barcode. So, it, you know, it is out there. It is possible. It is helpful. Um, but I still tend to find them quite complicated and convoluted because they try and give you everything. Um, right and it, it, there's a lot of data and information still in there and then they don't have every product in the database so then they're not perfect but you know um, I'm sure they will get better and um, you know definitely help a lot of people for sure. What One area where I get confused if, if say it's talking about salt or something and it gives number of grams of salt I've got no idea what that means I want it in like um, teaspoons of salt because I know what a teaspoon looks like but I've really well, no idea how many grams of salt of teaspoon is well and you're exactly right um it's often in a context that's very hard for us to quantify whether it's grams of sugar or grams of salt or anything else it's hard for us to understand in the real world what that means and then you know in addition to that what i would say is there's always nuance in the conversation which these apps can't pick up right so if you're talking to me about sodium levels or salt levels you know, I would ask you, well, what's the source and type of salt? Because salt in its natural state as you know, Celtic sea salt or Himalayan pink salt is actually an essential mineral that your body needs. Um, so if you're having good quality natural salt, I wouldn't say you need to worry about the grams of salt in it. But if you're having highly processed table salt in a ready meal, Absolutely. You want to try and avoid uh, over consuming that stuff because it strips out all the essential trace minerals and is just left with, you know, the pure sodium chloride and often anti-caking agents and other things which aren't that good for your body to, to process. So, you know, it's nuanced and that's the that's the hardest part about this whole conversation. Is salt good or bad? It depends. You know, is sugar good or bad? It depends in what context. You know, it's that nuance that often these apps, big food, government, health guidelines, you name it, tend to miss, um, which is the difficult. Yeah. So you, you, you started off the conversation talking about how you got into this. And, you, you know, you, you're saying that your, your raison d'etre is to help people to kind of understand what they're eating, um, give them advice so that you can eat, eat more healthily. So Tonic Health is, is your company. What, you know, what, what do you do other than run around supermarkets and make videos <laughs> so um we you know we're a supplement company we are on a mission to essentially change what i saw as a big um ethical problem in the market so uh, originally it came about when i used to work in the city in london and i would get sick three or four times a winter and i was wondering why i was the only one who seemed to be catching all the colds and flu um whilst all my friends and colleagues weren't catching as many as me and so that led me down a path of trying to understand nutrient deficiencies in the immune system speaking to doctors and immunologists and figuring out what was going on with me and then in that process you know i realized 
you know, I was just nutrient deficient in certain ways and my diet wasn't giving me everything I needed. So I had to make some changes, then, you know, fixed it, went through a period of not getting a cold for five years. And I was like, this is incredible. And so wanted to share it with the world, really. And that's where, you know, what I saw in the market was in the UK, we spend £411 million on vitamins and supplements. Um, but within that, we still have 74% of us with a nutrient insufficiency, meaning, you know, essentially a lot of the products on the shelf aren't delivering health outcomes or the health outcomes that would make a difference to people. And that's because, you know, the daily value or the RDA recommended daily allowance of vitamin on any vitamin pack in the country is based on how much you need to prevent a deficiency disease. So 100% RDA of your vitamin C is 80 milligrams. So you take 80 milligrams of vitamin C a day in your multivitamin, what it will do is it will prevent you from getting scurvy, but that's it. The science is very clear that you need different level doses for optimal health. And that's why you see this kind of big spend on supplements, but very low effectiveness and still a ton of nutrient deficiencies in the market. Um, so what we wanted to do, we wanted to essentially address that gap, make supplements and vitamins that are optimal doses. So giving you much higher levels that are going to give you optimal health and correct any of those deficiencies you might have and really give you the energy and the health impact you're looking for. Whilst at the same time, stripping out all the sugar and junk and other ingredients are in a lot of these supplements, because going back to your point about reading labels, Vitamins is one area of the supermarket where no one reads the label because they assume they're doing something healthy for themselves. But the scary part about it is, is often these vitamins, if they haven't got sugar as the first ingredient, they've got artificial sweeteners that are in, you know, like Axopin K and Spartamine or other bulking agents and E numbers and, um, you know, crazy stuff, right? Like propylene uh, glycol is in some vitamins, which you know, is a derivative of petrol that's in antifreeze. Why is it in my vitamin? I have no idea. Uh, well, I do actually know because it makes the it makes the the viscosity of the liquid kind of more smooth and gives it a better mouthfeel. Essentially, it's, uh, it's, that's why they use it. But it's really nonsense and it isn't needed. Um, okay. You know, so that's what that's what we're about, and we're trying to fix it in a way that really disrupts, you know, the main uh, players in the industry. It's why we're so, now certainly the few, it's a, you, you mentioned a number, you said 411 million pounds a year. So is that just in the UK? That's just UK level. Okay. I mean, globally, it's 132 billion. And globally, the same problem persists. It's so, it's, so it's a monstrous industry and it's backed up by huge marketing as well i was i was on a tube in london the other day and you know how there are adverts on the tube like it seemed like three out of five i did a little count up and it'll be you know be different depending which carriage you're in three out of five of them seem to be for supplements i couldn't believe it yeah look there's a lot a lot of people out there right um you know i think there's some there's some macro factors which mean health is a big problem uh, now and only going to get worse, right? If you look at the level of nutrients in our vegetables, they're about 
30 to 40 percent down on what they were 50 years ago through you know the farming methods we use today and the intensive farming so there's less nutrients in the soil mean there's less nutrients in your vegetables um and then you know 60 percent of the uk now eat a processed predominantly processed food diet so there's less nutrients in processed food um so that, you know all the trends are kind of pointing towards we don't get enough nutrients from our diet sure you know if you can and you do it all through your diet fantastic you don't need to buy a supplement but most people by and large and looking at the macro data is actually everything's going the opposite way where we don't get enough um so then we do need to supplement and, and be healthier um and that's why yeah you see a lot of companies pop up because it's you know the latest thing or the trend but a lot of them i find do it from a slightly not disingenuous place but they're you know they're in it to make money they you know see the latest innovation in format in technology for example there are these liposomal vitamin companies out there i won't mention names but it's the latest technology that improves absorption of a vitamin the technology is true and works but the application of it often doesn't make sense for a consumer so to give you an example you know because it's so expensive, they'll sell a thousand milligrams of vitamin C for um, two pounds, right? Very expensive as a single serve. Um, but then you can have my product, which is up to 90% absorption and per serve we're 40p. Um, and, you know, so the increase in cost will not justify the increased amount of vitamin C you're getting in your body. So from a health outcome perspective, which is what I look at, you're actually just spending more money and getting a tiny bit more vitamin C, but you could just get two doses of our stuff and you'd get far more value for your money and have a better impact. So, you know, there's a lot of like, oh, we'll do this because it's new, but is it really going to change health outcomes? And, and that's kind right. of where I look. Okay. So Sonny, you're saying your, your products are kind of are not full of fillers and things that aren't required and uh, are es essentially the real deal to 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 produce them you must you must have had some input from uh, i was going to say people that know what they're talking about that i didn't that sounded <laughs> wrong because you're not a dietitian are you Sana? or are you uh, tell me uh, no, no, I listen, I, I'm fully transparent. I'm not a qualified dietitian, doctor, nutritionist, you name it. Um, I'm self-taught. I've um, spent probably the last 10 years in the health food industry looking at health and food products um, and then use my personal experience um, of friends, family who I've helped and coached um, to try and, you know, share what I know and make a difference. But at the same time, you know, we do have a nutritionist in our business, in our team. Um, That's what I was getting at, yeah. Yeah, we, we've, you know, I've got plenty of doctors who are friends and who have helped us on the business with product development and making sure, you know, we're doing everything according to the latest science. I've worked with immunologists. Um, so, you know, I'm, we ran a podcast, um, you know, where I spoke to you know, hundreds of doctors and nutritionists as well. So, I'm, you know, I'm very in it. Um, and we will always use the experts to kind of guide us and use the science ultimately to guide us about how we can make a difference to these health outcomes. Excellent. So if, if people are listening to this and they're 
thinking about, you know, taking some supplements or maybe they are taking supplements and they're, they're not happy with it. Well, they just want to find out a bit more in general about supplements, but also about tonic health. What are some good uh, resources for them? It's uh, a good question. I mean, uh, honestly, I think the best resources are actually on social media these days. And I know I'm biased because that's where we put most of our health content out. But, you know, essentially, you know, these live well guides and these big governmental kind of recommendations, they're often outdated. They take years to write. And then by the time they're published, they're already outdated because our knowledge and our science moves so quickly. Um, and they're often influenced by big food as well about what you can and can't say. And I've, I've you know, I've seen the the cereal industry's report to the government about, you know, how cereal is a fundamental part of the British breakfast diet and it's critical to fiber consumption. And, you know, it, it's all kind of lobbying work, right? Which isn't yeah. truth of what people need to be eating for breakfast because they're not going to be recommending what I do, which is say, look, you know what, eggs and probably the best thing you can eat in the morning um and if not that probably greek yogurt that you know plain greek yogurt because it's high in fat and protein um so yeah my you know it's um it's it's a it's it's a complicated world it's difficult to understand who to trust but what i would say is the latest and greatest science and information tends to come out on social media first because there's a lot of health experts, influencers, doctors, dietitians, nutritionists, myself, who are trying to advance the conversation and will advance it without any kind of corporate biases. Right. I guess that's what that's what you need. Lack, lack of bias. Having said that, there's an awful lot of um, scary stuff on the Internet, which, um, you know, I'm not, I don't profess to be a great uh, nutritionist or dietitian, but I look at some of this stuff and think, what? <laughs> it, I mean, look, it, it can be very, um, can be very scary when you look under the hood of what's actually going on, right? Um, you know, it, I liken it, there's a fantastic documentary called Merchants of Doubt, which was about the cigarette and tobacco industry back in the 50s. And how the science was already coming out very clearly that smoking caused cancer. And it's a, a documentary about how the industry spent decades trying to muddy the waters, essentially, to make it very difficult for government or consumers to understand what the truth was. And I genuinely believe we're in a similar place with, you know, big food. Um, there's a lot of vested interest that want us to keep eating processed junk and sugar and other things so you know they try and muddy the waters right for in the 80s and 90s saturated fat was the demon and it was all about moving to low fat and you know there's a great book by gary torbs um i can't remember the full title but about how essentially the the sugar industry tried to create and invest in science that you know, proved that fat was the issue of rising heart disease and not sugar and other things in our diet. So, yeah, it's very complicated, very scary. And, you know, there'll be arguments all over everything online that say, oh, you know, artificial sweeteners are fine. But then there'll be a study that shows, you know, with 100,000 people in France, which is the latest one I read, 
which actually link artificial sweeteners to cancer. But then there'll be an argument between people who have done that study that show it has a link to cancer and then the people over here who have done a study which shows it causes no issues for health. And then, you know, they can go on like that for another decade debating whether they're good or bad. My view is why take the risk? You've only got one body. If there's evidence that suggests it's potentially bad, I'm very quick to just go, okay, cool. I will stay away from that. And, you know, ultimately I try and make it as simple as possible and say, look, food is simple. Our body knows how to process and consume food that was basically living or grown in a field, right? Like natural, unprocessed meat and vegetables. If you can stick to that and try and avoid as much as you can in packets, you're onto a winner. Yeah, that, that, that in itself likes, uh, sounds like very good advice for sure. So, um, Sana, before, I, before um, I let you go, just mention the name of your company if people want to look at that and if there's a website associated with that. Yeah, absolutely. We're Tonic Health. Um, so our website is just www.tonichealth.co. Uh, you can find us in most of the major supermarkets in Holland and Barrett, Tesco, Sainsbury's, uh, you name it, we're on Amazon. Um, so, you know, you can yeah. find us a- a- anywhere. And, you know, um, you know, we, o- we even go to the extent of offering a money back guarantee if you haven't felt the difference by taking our product, because, you know, we believe with our, with our max strength doses and without the junk, if you're swapping from something like, you know, another leading vitamin brand, you will notice the difference. Okay. And when you say you can find you in the supermarkets, actually, literally, they might bump into you in a supermarket aisle making a video about. I, I, what's I'm in the there a lot. I'm there a lot. So yeah, you might <laughs> see me, and if you do, say hi, and I'm happy to help in any way I can. Excellent. Look, Sana, thank you very much indeed uh, for chatting. Very interesting. Very useful. So many thanks. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much to Sonna von Kampen of Tonic Health for being my guest this week. And thank you to you, all of you, uh, for listening. I really do appreciate all the listeners I have. And this week, I'm looking for feedback, topics you might like to hear about in the future. Or maybe you're an expert on a health topic and would like to be on the show at some point. For all comments and suggestions I think the best thing to do is uh, to email me and my email is mike at relaxbackuk.com that's mike at relaxbackuk.com so thank you again for listening and join me next week and in the meantime have a healthy week until next week Thanks for listening to the Relax Back UK show. Join me, Mike Dilk, again next week for more fascinating interviews and chat. If you're listening to the podcast version, please subscribe, like, and share it with your family and friends. And have a healthy week. Until next week.